0: This podcast contains material that some listeners may find objectionable. It may contain graphic descriptions of atrocities committed during the 1937 Nanking Massacre in China. Welcome back to The Undaunted Women of Nanking, the wartime diaries of Minnie Votrin and Sen Shui Fan. On this episode, amid the destruction, despair, and looting, there are glimmers of hope. Votrin hears a story of Chinese women escaping their Japanese abductors. Sen, who is feeling better after her illness, recounts a tale of retribution. There are fewer fires in the city. Sunday, January 23rd, from the Diary of Minnie Votrin
1: An uneventful day. Weather quite cold. Mary went to church at Drum Tower this morning, and I went to English service at 3 Ping Song Xiang this afternoon. We still feel it better to have one foreign face on campus all of the time. Plumer Mills led the service this afternoon, and his subject was, being victorious even in tribulation. Surely it is difficult to be hopeful in days like these. This morning the nephew of one of our refugees came over to see me, said he returned yesterday after an absence of 34 days. He was taken on December 18th with about 400 others He carried bedding to Changshin for a dui jiang and also did his cooking for him. He worked for this officer eight days and then was released and told he could come back. On his return journey, he got as far as Yi Sing when he was taken by another officer who kept him until January 14th. The second man liked him and was kind. When he let him go, he escorted him outside the city gate and told him to keep off the main highway. It took him eight days to walk the 520 Li back. Said that cities like Hu Chao had no Bae Sing in them, and were about seven tenths burned. Said that there was little left of Guangdei, for it had been fought over so long and fiercely. He reported that in one section, the villages were being protected by the Great Knife Society from bandits. Chinese and Japanese troops. Said these men carried large knives on their backs and had a strange look in their eyes. Villagers respected them and burned incense for them. He reported that towns like Li Shui, Li Yang and Yi were all practically destroyed and it seemed to him it would take 30 years to rebuild them. The man said people along the way were very good to him and gave him food and let him spend the night in their homes. How I hope many more such men will be able to come back to their families. Miss Wu Aide, the Presbyterian evangelistic worker who works with Miss Hyde, told the wonderful story of her escape at the women's meeting this afternoon. She was in hiding for about 40 days from soldiers, when they were looking for girls. She hid under piles of grass and pig pens, on boats, and deserted houses. And finally hearing of Jin Ling, she decided to try to come in. She disguised herself as an old woman, borrowed a little boy of six to carry on her back, borrowed a cane, and trudged in. Each obstacle seemed to clear away, and she reached here safely just as we were in the midst of a meeting. It was her voice that sang out so lustily that afternoon, and I wondered who it was. She is living on the north veranda of 500 with other refugees.
0: Sunday, January 23rd, from the diary of Sen Shui fan
2: Today, Two Japanese soldiers came, and there was no incident. In the afternoon, I went to Ping Lane to attend service. Reverend Mills presided and gave the sermon. Because of illness, I have not been outside for 10 days. The situation outside has been improving. There are more tents pitched on Shanghai Road, all for conducting trade. The same is true for the area from Nanhai Road to Shanxi Road. These two roads are the busiest. However, on Chunshan Road, there are no pedestrians except for the Japanese soldiers. You may say that even ghosts can beat people to death there. It's very much deserted and looks very sad.
0: Monday, January 24th from Vautrin's Diary.
1: This morning started typing informal report but did not get far when Mr. Forster came in with a good deal of news. He told us the facts about what happened at the embassy last Saturday evening. It seems that Mr. Allison and the others were at dinner, George Fitch and Plumer Mills being guests when one of the servants came in and reported that two soldiers were in the number three garage. Mr. Allison went out and he found them there playing mahjong. He told them to leave, and later, as he returned to the dinner table, he felt he had perhaps been a bit severe and wondered if he had done the right thing. He had no more than gotten seated when another servant came, saying that his daughter had been taken, he and his family living in the Number 5 garage. Mr. Allison said surely he must be mistaken, for he had just ordered the two soldiers to leave the compound but the servant said it was a third soldier and that at first he had wanted his youngest daughter, but the parents had absolutely refused. Mr. Allison then started out to look for the girl and met her coming back. It seems that the soldier with the girl had been met by the two soldiers and the latter had said that he must let the girl go as he had taken her from the American embassy. Although I do not wish to harm anyone, Yet I have been glad about the shooting of Sir Kuat Hujitsin, the bombing of the Pane, with the wounding of the Italian and American officials, and the taking of the girl from the American Embassy. At least such things catch the attention of Japan and Western nations. Our afternoon meetings continue. Right after the noon meal, I went to our embassy for a car, which took me to the Japanese embassy. In a conversation with Mr. Fukuda, I told him of the large number of women who had been imploring me to do what I could to get their men folk, some of whom were taken on December 13th. He told me to bring him the data and he would do all he could, for he too felt sad about the situation. He will be surprised when I take him 532 data cards tomorrow. When I was leaving our gate to go to the embassy, a young girl came up telling me that three soldiers had just entered her home and were carrying off young women. I went with her and found that the soldiers had already left, and the girls they had tried to get, being nimble and quick, had succeeded in getting out a back gate and running down to Jinling. As we walked back together, the girl told me that when the soldiers first entered the city, Her father of 67 and her little sister of 9 had been bayoneted to death. A good many airplanes, bombers, have gone westward today. Fires in the city are fewer, but they continue one or two each day.
0: Now from Sen's diary of the same day.
2: recently, several children have contracted pneumonia. One died today. Perhaps they were too cold from sleeping on the ground. Anyway, it's better than sleeping in the straw tents outside the campus. This afternoon, seven Japanese soldiers came. Four of them gave talks. Probably they came to inspect and left shortly now we have started to conduct a survey to find out the poorest amongst refugees and the ones who have no homes to return to the japanese ordered the refugees to return home it seems that the international committee would let the homeless stay here but they have no way to control the matter so they have to conduct a survey of refugees and make a list as a matter of fact They know the refugees cannot go home now because Japanese soldiers are still committing crimes even in the safety zone. And there's no need to talk about areas farther away from it. The soldiers commit crimes day and night. I heard people say that Shanghai suffered the same fate for six months. If the Japanese do not have bedding, they just take them from people's homes and there's no end in sight unless a war ends. The civilians suffer to death, and they are furious, but dare not seek redress or have no place to seek redress.
0: Tuesday, January twenty-fifth, from Votrin's Diary.
1: We are adapting ourselves to new conditions. For a time we closely curtained all windows and covered all lights with black shades. Now we think it wiser to have lights to show that a place is inhabited. Last night, two servants foolishly shut all windows and put a coal ball stove in their room. This morning, they were unconscious from carbon monoxide. Mrs. Sun and I and all the others here worked to arouse them and by this evening, they are considerably better. From 9 to 1230, there was a meeting of heads of refugee camps held at 5 Ninghai Road. If only there was an experienced social worker at the head of each camp, or in each camp, to study the needs, so that we could work constructively. It is so difficult to get at the true condition of each family, so easy to make people dependent instead of independent, Each camp is now working on an investigation of the most needy families. Encouraging word has come from Shanghai of funds raised, and of extra medicine like cod liver oil. Wu Jin, an evangelistic worker of the Presbyterian Church, who is a grateful and happy refugee here, started a phonetic class this morning for 20 girls. She's also helping with the afternoon meetings. If we had more workers in vacant classrooms, we would begin some Bible classes. This afternoon, I took 532 blanks over to Mr. Fukuda and reported same at our embassy. We also went to the secretary of the automatic government, the name given by Mr. Chen to the Nanking Autonomous Government, to see him about the possibility of excluding from the safety zone The shops that sell loot. The fact that hundreds of little shops are starting up along Ninghai and Shanghai roads means that more and more looting is being done each day by the poor. They would not have dared to start it if the Japanese soldiers had not led the way. How we devour the bit of news that comes to us each day from the foreign men. They very generously write down the broadcasts they hear and send them to us. How we wonder about the friends who evacuated Hankow, Wu Chang, Changsha, and Chungking. It sounds from the broadcasts as if Chungking is having air raids too. It all seems like a hideous dream: the scattering of friends, the breaking up of schools, the terrible destruction of life and property. Can it be true? Rickshaws. I haven't seen one on the street since December 12th, I believe it was. Many without tires or wheels can be seen hidden away, but none are plying the streets. We walk or go in cars. Went with Mrs. Sen over to Grace Chu's home this afternoon, but not to a tea. The house is filled with refugees, and you cannot imagine the condition it is in. Mrs. Sen brought home some of the things still left. Most of her things are gone. Radio Dishes, etc, some taken by soldiers and the rest by refugees.
0: Now from Sen's Diary of the Same Day.
2: Last time I saw meat, but did not eat it until today. Today I ate the salted meat sent by Miss Yin. About 50 days, I have not eaten pork, and it tasted exceptionally delicious. We're the lucky kind of refugees, and several times better off than other refugees. Today, there's another newborn in number 600 building. Today, I saw a refugee who told us that his next-door neighbors have two brothers. The younger brother's wife is more attractive than the older ones. One day, a Japanese soldier came to their home, and the brothers treated him cordially with tea and pastries. They thought the soldier would not molest their wives. Yet, they had no idea that he wanted to take away the younger brother's wife, who flirted with him and served him liquors. The soldier thought that the younger woman favored him and was willing to leave with him. Then, when the soldier was drunk, The two brothers beat him to death and threw his body outside at night. The following morning, they all fled to safety zone. It's really great. To kill one soldier to vent our anger is also an awesome idea.
0: On our next episode, the Chinese Lunar New Year approaches, and there are plans for celebration among the refugees in spite of the horrible conditions they face. Many worries about the massive amount of loot being brought into the safety zone. Shui Fan describes the scarcity and luxury of meat. Thanks for listening.